You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Welcome to Space Bros, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is the woman I would pick out of a catalog to be, um, oh you know, uh, Mary Johnson. Oh what up, girl? Gosh. Hi. Oh. Hello. Hi. Hello. I haven't worn uh, real pants in over two months. <laughs> so, do, yeah. Honestly, I would also pick to be me, because this is the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, whereas I looked in the mirror today and was like, is that really what I look like? When will my reflection when? show who I am inside now? M- more like, more like, inside. more like, yeah, more like, when will my reflection show that I've had a shower in the last 48 hours? Um, I mean, if you're like me uh, anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm no, I'm living a, I'm living a weird life. So <clears throat> we live in strange times, but I don't know about you, but I'm kind of getting a little bit used to those strange times. Like I'm starting to, I'm starting to be like, okay, like it's not a shock to me every morning now that I wake up and I remember like waking up and being like, I'm in a living nightmare every day and that's kind of gone away now i'm like that's that's a little bit gone away but i i'm i'm crawling out of my skin yeah so no, 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 i still it's, haven't it's, found a good healthy place in all this i don't think um, anybody has we're gonna talk about the twilight zone today what are the moments where in usually in an episode of the twilight zone you have people who are like going about their lives like normal boop a doop a doop and then there's some inciting incident where they're like not normal i'm in the twilight zone and i yeah. feel like that regularly do you yeah. do you have anything that's like that the way that there's just like no one hanging out outside like the roads are like clear like it it feels a little bit like wasteland-ish I think the thing that makes us the most twilight zone-esque is honestly uh at a macro level like the news where it's like it's okay. Some people are going to die, but the economy will be safe. Oh my god. Like all we need to do is just sacrifice a couple thousand human lives and uh and we'll be fine. Maybe 100,000? That's fine. That's worth it. The economy though. And I'm like, yeah, this this is this is a crazy do, weird do, 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 darkest do, do, timeline do, do, do. we have landed in. Like what the fuck? Yeah. I feel I feel that very strongly. Um I feel like the masks are all the way off. I feel like they've been coming off for a long time. Um yep. the moments that I so this is like a very small thing, but I think that a thing that is very relatable to a lot of people. So I'm working from home. I'm lucky. I have a tech job. I can work from home. Um, yeah, me too. It's we're both very lucky. So lucky, very fortunate. Hashtag blessed. Yes. Yeah. However, <laughs> it is weird. It is really weird to me that my my job, which like I've never, no one has ever, like, like microaggressions at best, I would say. But like everyone is very professional, very nice. No, I've never dealt with any creepy dudes in my job. But now suddenly I'm faced with this weird situation where like you'll get on a call and they'll be like, all right, you know the rules. Everyone turn your camera on. And I'm like. Wait, are you a do? Are you a man asking me, a woman, to like put on makeup to make myself look professional for you every day? Because no, 
that's a weird moment yeah. for me. <clears throat> yeah, no, I I have I have I have stopped turning on my. I, initially, I was turning on my camera, and I wasn't necessarily wearing makeup, but like you know, I try a little bit, and now you position your camera so I, it was flattering. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I have stopped. We are too many weeks in for me to give two fucks about it. Um, I'm barely scraping by. Fuck you <laughs> if you think I should be aesthetically yeah. pleasing. So that's like a. I'm having. I'm having a great time, guys. It's fine. And they always, and like, I've never really like called them on it in that way and been like, do you expect me to like put on a bra and put on makeup on my face while I'm just like hanging out at my house? Really? Um, I haven't said that. There have been times where like I definitely wasn't wearing a bra and like was still in my PJs and taking a call like early in the morning. And they've been like, all right, everyone turn on your cameras. And I'm just like, I'm in my PJs. That's, it feels uncomfortable for me. I'm just gonna not. And that, and then yeah. they back off. But I, yeah. I do think that there is a, um, there's a, a, a think piece or maybe even an academic article somewhere out there about how <laughs> aggressive it is to demand um, views into people's homes in general, and also yeah. particularly um, male coworkers demanding to see female coworkers. Well, and it's interesting because. I have two male friends, one of whom I work with and one of whom is just a dear friend of mine who I just fucking adore as a human. Um, And both of them have set up temporary green screens, basically, so that nobody sees their home anyway. (laughs) And I'm like, that's great. Like when this started, I would be like button up shirts when I'm on calls. And now I'm like... Where are my button-up shirts? I don't know. My life is crumbling into, like, a dark pit. Uh, <laughs> You're like, sweatshirt that doesn't have a visible stain on it. Yes, you are the one. <laughs> yep. No, ex- exactly. Our, we have family members who are healthcare professionals uh, who are out there in the muck. Yep. We both know lots of people who have been furloughed. Um, yep. Or fired. Yep. Um, but... This isn't about oppression Olympics. This is about reality, which is that shit's hard, bro. So, yeah. Yeah. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. <laughs> do, 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 do. Real talk in surreal times is, I think, what we're, we're aiming to bring you. Guys, this is our first Corona episode. I don't know if we knew then quite what we know now, but... Uh... We were different people then. We we were we were different people, but I think we've always been like big picture, long view on this. So yeah. Well, uh, let's dive right in and let's talk about Twilight Zone. So today we are talking about uh, the episode from uh, the old school Twilight Zone season five, episode seventeen, called "Number Twelve Looks Just Like You." I'll tell you a little bit about what it's about to jog your memory. Um, so. You're about to enter another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, a journey into the wondrous land of the imagination. The next stop, the Twilight Zone. Bum, 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 bum. In a not too distant year of 2000, it's standard practice for each adult, a young, standard practice for each young person to select a new physical form as they reach adulthood. However, our hero in this story, Marilyn, isn't so sure she wants a new look. While each of the body designs are uncommonly lovely, there's only a dozen or so options in the pattern book, and she doesn't want to look like everyone else. Most of all, Marilyn is afraid of what this change will do to her identity. She asks, is compliance ever really skin deep? 
Um, so, like so many Twilight Zones, uh, this is, there's like, there's a message in here. Like, that's basically what every episode is about. We are meant to glean something about our world or the future world. Uh, there's, it's an allegory or... Um, usually there's like a, some sort of nugget of morality. So I think it makes sense uh, for us to start there. What is this episode about? I think that there's a lot to unpack with this episode. Um, I think on a, on a surface level, which is funny given what I'm about to say, I think it's sort of about how like s- how corrupting superficiality is, how in a society that values the way somebody looks, um, you can pretty much bet that that society uh, devalues the identity of an individual, um, and that is morally repugnant, is what it's suggesting. That, you know, superficiality um, is a cancer, and it gets into everything until there's nothing left but the yeah, superficiality. Yeah, just a rotting core yeah. of shallowness. Yeah, it just hollows you out, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and, and I mean, it, it literalizes what shallowness is. Like, there's no depth to these people at all. Like, their their brain doesn't seem, like, it seems stopped at the most, like, at the, at the closest logical step is where their mind just shuts off. Like, they aren't capable of deep thought. They aren't capable of anything but joy. And that joy, because it is missing the the yin to the yang, the, like, the tragedy and the understanding and the existential angst, it's meaningless and valueless, like like a Coca-Cola ad, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, drink an instant smile and uh, but lacks the love and the fire behind it, you know? Right. That if you that if you only feel things, it, if you only feel things one particular way that makes you the most comfortable, you lack the contextualizing, the the uh, fundamental ability to contextualize your feelings and actually understand what you're feeling, right? Like, Absolutely. if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have sorrow, you can't have joy. If you don't have hate, you can't exactly. have love. Like those sorts of things, they're just all real smoothed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, and this is maybe even more of my favorite theme um, in this, is that they they don't outright tell you why this culture is the way it is, but you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's an authoritarian, like it's an authoritarian, potentially fascist regime Mm -hmm. that makes this so. And it suggests to you that those regimes are not built on um, muscle or, or not always built anyway, on muscle or forcing people to do things they don't want to do. They're more about giving you what you think you want and then robbing you of everything that was ever important in the night. Yeah. Which I think yeah. <laughs> which I think is is actually like far more useful. Like not all Nazis wear armbands and goose step. Like y- <laughs> some yeah. of them are very attractive and if you're in it, it's hard to tell if they are good or bad, especially if you've, you're buying into what your society is telling you. Yeah, it says that insidious malice can be just as damaging as as brute force in your face malice. It's it's actually advocating deep thought and critical thinking and um, analysis of your scenarios so you don't get stuck in a in a world like this because that is the only thing that makes um, our protagonist 
it's what makes Marilyn stand out is her ability to think deeply um, and to analyze her situation, which she learned to do by reading great works of literature, which have been censored and banned. And when she brings them up, are referred to as smut. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, I love that. Pretty great. Yeah. She, I also like her as a, as a hero in this story because she, you can, I feel like they balance it out. Like she's definitely the most wise person you see. Like you get the sense that she's like educated and she's definitely, she's like able, her ability to critically think about things is so much more advanced than everyone else around her. But she still fundamentally seems like a normal person. And you almost buy that she did grow up with these people because she also struggles. Like we see her kind of like, she initially it's like a hunch like she just knows it's not right but she's not quite sure how to express it beyond i i, I like i i recoil at the concept that you would do for want to do this to me that you would want to change my body i don't really know why but like that seems wrong to me i don't want you to do it and then over the course she starts ex- she kind of she finally eventually puts um the fine point on it, which is that she's afraid that her identity will be lost, right? But you see her arrive at it in a way that feels natural. Like, these are not concepts that people talk about. She has learned she has learned them through books, or she's like, that's sparked something within her, and then she's on a journey of self-discovery at the same time. Self-reflection and self-discovery that's prompted by, like, the constant questioning of the society around her. Right. And she's not... And you can understand why she's doing that because she's not or or like why this isn't why her struggle feels particularly poignant is because she's not it's not like she's like raging. It's sort of like Brave New World as opposed to um, uh, 1984. Like in in 84, you understand that it's bad, right? Like, like, (laughs) you know, everyone is starving. There are there are like, people are getting their yeah, faces you, eaten off with rats, but Brave New no World's going to argue that uh, that you want to be in that scenario, whereas Brave New World, right? Like everyone's pretty happy. In fact, I think it's even more successful. Brave New World kind of can't help itself but to like yeah. show the cracks. Her crack, the cracks of this kind of are a little bit more subtle. I think, I, and I think so too. I think that they they come on later. Like like right. you understand. As a modern contemporary audience, um, and probably then too, you know, you understand that like that 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 this is gross. But there is also the other side of it, which is that okay, we've already addressed the reality that we're living in today. Lots of us are doing business meetings on Zoom. I have made a technology prediction. I don't remember if I did this to you and Andrew or if I did this to my siblings. It doesn't matter. But my technology prediction is that Zoom will have realistic filters where you look like you have makeup and your hair done. Oh, maybe even nice clothes on without trying. Yeah. Kind of like what we already use, but it's going to be very realistic because there is a certain part of you that's like, it would be great if I could just level set at looking good to other people so they would treat me equally without having to spend all the time to satisfy the criteria that the patriarchy has put down and that lots of women pick up and uphold. And I'm not I'm not saying you're a bad feminist if you wear makeup. I also like wearing makeup. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, like, if you don't, psychologically, from strangers, you are at a disadvantage. And it sucks. Right. No, I think that's, an, that's a 
fabulous, fabulous prediction. Um, especially since, especially since, like, no, it, it's one of those. It, it sort of reveals how the the um, how how much of a false economy it really is. Because actually, what we all want to do is like be in our PJs, right? That's all we yeah. want to do. We want like yeah. comfort. We're in our own house. Why why are we standing on ceremony? But when you allow people to have like a little glimpse inside your house, you have to armor up, which is like your makeup, right? Yeah. So so if they yeah. if they would do that for you, that would yep. be amazing. No, um, would, I don't even. Be great. To be honest with you, I feel like it's so, like, we've almost reached a level of self-parody with that, you know? Like, yeah. where it's like, everybody knows that you don't really look like that, but on your Instagram profile, doesn't it look great? So you do it anyway? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, do you take lots of photos of yourself with filters on? I'm not no, saying, like, no, like, but I, 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 I apply, don't. like, color adjustments afterwards and stuff, but, like... I, no, I but like think snap. I think we're. I think we're. We're. I think we need what we need are realistic looking ones because I think that the stuff now, you like, you can just tell. So it feels weird to use. But I think people. Oh, in use a business. It if it was realistic. If it was you realistic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like in a creative industry, I could understand that it would be like if my choice were show myself in my PJs or show myself with a flower crown and little a little bunny nose on, I would pick. Flower crowned bunny nose every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If those are your two options. Um, well, I'm just saying that, can like, me. Tell that you're in PJ? <laughs> yeah, totally. You know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, I don't no, think, I, 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 I don't think it even has to be, like, I don't think it's even if people could tell if it was fake. I think it's just if people thought it looked professional. <laughs> like, if you've yep. close enough. Um, but that's, yep. a, that's an interesting prediction. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think everyone can relate to the temptation. You understand why it would be tempting to be able to choose the way you look. That, that there is an empowerment there. Like, I think that that's why, um, like, Snapchat filters. Like, if you don't, if you want to snap something, but you don't have makeup on, you can just throw in a silly filter, and in that space, it's totally fine, right? Yeah. That, to some degree, is deciding that you're how you're going to look. Uh, automatically, yeah. and like yeah, like yeah. so probably. And, and there's more active and permanent ways we do it all the time: dyeing hair or getting a haircut, uh, getting tattoos, like you know, getting in shape, getting plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. but all these things that you do, changing our clothes. But the I think that the more extreme things you do with your body, and by extreme, I just mean more permanent than just like an outfit change, but like a hair color, or a haircut, or working out, or um, which. I, I don't fucking do. Fuck it. Um, Mary does. I don't. Whatever. Um, anyway, uh, I think that I think that there's this feeling of empowerment that comes with it from the idea that like I'm doing something that nobody has told me I have to do or given me permission to do. I'm just doing it. You know. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's when you only when you get like slightly subversive haircuts or tattoos. I don't know. But like that's the feeling that I have, and it's really empowering. And so like there is a part of it where like. If it wasn't compulsory, I could see people feeling empowered by this, you know? I feel like the the moment you realize it's sinister is that everybody looks the same. Like Oh yeah, the fact that every like it's a false economy and everyone chooses the exact same models because like Yeah, cuz they're the best. Yeah, yeah like yeah. when that's when that's when cuz anybody would take like of course, it would be hugely empowering if everyone could decide how able-bodied they were, how beautiful they were on their on their own standards and societies. Like, like yeah. you know, I live in the world; I understand. Totally. Um, yeah, that'd be hugely empowering. I don't, but I understand too. 
Yeah. Like, it's hugely empowering, right? Like, that that would put us all on, like, a weird level playing field. Although, if we were all on a weird level playing field, then probably it would adjust and, you know, there would be, there would be, there would still be stratas that would be obnoxious. But Of course. But that would be one, one real thing that would no longer be an issue. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But... But it's the fact that yep. they're all the same that you're like, ooh, this is actually sinister. This isn't right. Like, nobody wants to be beautiful just like everybody else. Everybody wants to look like themselves and feel like themselves, but feel like their most beautiful self, right? You don't yeah. want to be beautiful like somebody else. Um, yeah. Or you don't want to be beautiful like somebody else if also everybody else is beautiful that way. <laughs> like, that's Absolutely. upsetting. Absolutely. Um, because there is an element of inte- of attention with this. Like, even if you dye your hair a subversive color, I have purple hair right now. Even if you dye your hair a subversive color, um, you, like, like I did it for myself. It was sort of funny. I did it while I, like, as I was entering quarantine. Um, so pretty, you know, like, I was like, who's going to see this? Just like me and my partner. Um, yeah, no, I'm about to redo my hair past all pink for the same reason. Yeah. Just fuck it. Yeah. yeah, and so it's a little bit for you, but also like I like the times when I when I'm like you know like scuttling to get pick up groceries and people are like, oh, your hair's really pretty. I'm like, thank you, because it part of it is attention, even if the attention is some is like, you know, making making old stodgy folks like shake their fist at you. You know, that's also part of it. So yeah. if you remove that ability to distinguish yourself and receive attention on your uniqueness then i think that that's mm-hmm. part of the reason that it it we like as humans sense that that's wrong and bad yeah yeah um you already talked about how uh another like signal that this world isn't right you're like if shakespeare's banned something's not right like that's like something we in the western world feel so potently i think we're like uh-oh well well, they just named so many authors, and I loved the fact that they referred to them as smut because, like, that just that says a lot about um, about the value system. If like if stuff that doesn't feel subversive, you know, like is considered smut, you know, like I wouldn't right. call that stuff smut, you know, whatever. No, um, and I, I kept th- I said you know like fourteen times, but no. I do know. And <laughs> I um, I think it's also sort of suggested in this value system. So we also have a hint that um, people live for, you know, almost 200 years in this world. And that over the course of that time, and, and bear in mind, this episode came out in 1964. And we'll talk a little bit about the, the how it's aged at the end. But... Um, but they talk about how they live this long life, and over the course of their life, they have many marriages and many divorces, which at the time, I think people would have assumed was akin to being incredibly promiscuous, and that was, in even and by those standards, was very, very bad. So, like, that's what yeah. people would think would be, like, smutty or, like, morally bankrupt behavior. And in this world, it's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But... Exactly. That's- in fact, it, they think it's it's weird if someone were to stay married right. that long. Right, like it's yeah. that that is the that is the um, the social norm and what is encouraged. But things that are taboo are things like Keats and Dostoevsky, and th- they call that smut because potentially thinking and exploring an identity and questioning what it is to be human are actually the taboo, dirty things that people don't want to know that you do. It's yeah. pretty interesting. 
That is really interesting. Um, another thing, the the glass of instant smile, sort of like the the mood elevators uh, at at ready hand, sort of like just taken recreationally. And and for convenience, which I think is different, this is another thing that is has sort of changed a bit. But since we're like we're like way less weirded out by mood elevators because we understand that some people need them, um, a lot of people yeah. need them, most people need no, them. Oh yeah, I I think it, I think that the difference is like <sighs> the compulsory nature of it, like the fact that like you know, you're not allowed to be sad ever because we know that antidepressants and mood stabilizers don't prevent you from feeling emotion when you're on the correct dose. Um, if you're not on the correct dose, talk to your doctor. Don't, don't, you know, yeah, don't, with yourself. don't but, become a zombie. Yeah. But, you know, like, but they, they're not allowed to feel anything. And so it's, it's about it's the it's convenience and it's about the convenience of other people. Like, it would be one, yeah. it's one thing to work out with a medical professional what you need to function and be your best self, right? Yeah. It is a, and, and then have that relationship between yourself and your medical professional and your drugs, right? Like that's, that's one thing. It's another yeah. thing if every time you brought up, if you were like bumming me out, I like gave you an antidepressant. <laughs> like no, I was like, ex- uh. Exactly. Like the, could, I mean, like, could you not? No, that's, that's yeah. a point well taken. It's also really interesting that there's this, um, there's a class system that you only get like a peek into. I mean, there's already, okay. So the, the faces and bodies are interesting because, you know, they get to reuse the same, like stepping out of the world. They get to reuse the same actor and actress, uh, over and over again. And, and they have different, um, mannerisms that they use in order to indicate that they're different, uh, people. Uh, I almost said creatures because they, they don't kind of feel are like people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a there's there is a class system. Like not everyone is this wealthy. I think everybody does the transformation. But there's this moment where when uh, the mother is calling in the maid uh, to bring some a glass of instant smile, she then stops her and is like. I don't know why teaching you people to use first names is such a problem. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh you people. Great. And it's such a fun, um, it's a fun inverse. And I bet at the time it was even funny, like it was even more extreme because like definitely in the 60s, like my grandma did not tell my mother's friends to call her by her first name. Like that just wasn't done. Right. So I had a really hard time when your mother told me to do that. And I was in high school. And I was like, I'm not really allowed to do this. I, I do feel really like, mean it? I do feel like it you, took a while. You and I are like of the last generation where you, some mom, like the, like some moms wanted you to call them Ms. Or Miss and Mrs. And then some moms were like, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. Mom, call me my first name. Like, yeah. Like I, I but think your mom didn't even do it like that because your mom's like, your mom's, already like infinitely cool like it wasn't like you know like oh i'm chill it was like no 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 just call me ann yeah totally totally no like of course but (sighs) you know what i mean but it's like one of those it's like i think i suspect that's way more common now i don't know maybe it's not well i i think also well i don't know i i have very limited exposure to the younger generations my exposure is primarily through my family members and by that I mean my nieces and nephews but 
They seem cool with first names, so, you know. All my friends' kids call me by my first name. Yeah. Like, it would be weird yeah. if they if they called me Mrs. Johnston. That'd be strange. But so it's like a, it's like an inversion of that where you would expect that woman. So the, we understand implicitly because one of the women is the house, is like the ma- mistress of the house, right? The master mm-hmm. of the house. And then the other woman is a servant. She cleans the house and waits on the family, right? That there is yeah. a class, there clearly is a class system in place there, right? We, they haven't replaced, yep. th- there's no Rosie the robot here. Like human people are still serving other human people. Fine. Yeah. But the inversion is that now, because what is valued, and even then, what is valued, but what is valued is youth and beauty, especially for women, that they they don't want to feel old by being called Mrs. or Mr., and that's why she's insisting on a first name, I think is what we're supposed to glean from that. Which is, yeah, I agree. Versus, like, the deference of calling someone, like, it, there's just been, like, a fundamental shift in what allows people to be powerful, um, which I think, you know, probably, probably, probably that's always been felt, especially for women, like, you know, your youth and your beauty um, for so long uh, were kind of like your main value to the world, which is horrifying, of course. Um, yeah. But like maybe the one thing you also had was marriage. That's why Mrs. was a powerful term. But now that everyone gets married and divorced all the time, that's not a thing anymore. So now it's always youth and it's always beauty. Uh, So I bet that rattled a few uh, viewers back in the 60s. Do you think this story works if Marilyn is a man? Um, okay. I think that this could work if it were man. Because there's still societal expectations. Um, Logan's Run is a movie, so I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and and there's also more than beauty at stake in this world for like what it is you're supposed to conform to. That becomes clear in terms of like all mm-hmm. the ways in which we find out Marilyn's doing it wrong, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but women have a higher threshold we have to achieve. Um, if you wake up. If I could wake up with my hair done and my makeup on and never break out and never have to, like, work out, I might do it. Like, I wouldn't uh, do it in this world, obviously, by the end of, like, the episode because, like, you know, I'm, well, the, I'm not someone who's tempted by the cost, new world. I want to feel pain. It's, you know, yeah. like, some people The cost are, here is, is very high. and It's too high. And you it's know, but you, but you know that immediately because it is such a beautiful fantasy. That if you could be yeah. beautiful all the time, everyone would take that. So there must be a horrible, horrible cost. Yeah. You, you feel the insidious underbelly before yeah. you see it. Even though, like, at first you're like... I mean, parts of this. Yeah, but, uh, I would where, kick where, out of bed. Where know? I'm like, but, I'm uh, like, Marilyn, you're a better woman than I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, like that's that's great, and it's really, and I get what she means also about like, I liked what you said about uh, if they change your exterior, then they change who you are because it reminds me so much of like colonization yep. and uh, the way in which the Great British Empire like. For instance, because I've studied a lot more about Ireland just because I, I spent three months there. Um, they renamed all the roads. They gave them, uh, they didn't just translate them. They gave them new English names. And and this idea of like, is it still yours anymore? Do you even still know it if you don't know its name? Like, is, uh, is a theme that has come up in Irish literature? And like, if, if it's not your fate, like, 
if you don't if it's not your face like is it really even you like if if it's not if this is out of your control if it's all like then it doesn't really even matter if they wipe out the mind like they kind of are already robbing something fundamental from you I mean, it's the icing on the cake in this episode and thing that's inescapable when it's like, oh, and like they do something to your brain. Uh, but like, yeah, no. I mean, I think, yeah, of course. Uh, the thing that made me think about was um, how Western white beauty standards have become just. Yes. Just like especially Sorry. especially in America. But I do think that now with like kind of like the global economy. Globalization. Yeah. yeah. We they have they have extended everywhere in, in really cruel ways. Um, but like I think about uh, I think about I, I've been fortunate to have um, good friends who are black women who have kindly and patiently explained to me how awful the uh the the racism that they have fa- f- that they have faced about their hair and the pressure to conform to white standards of beauty when it comes to hair has like has like is is incredibly damaging to their psyche right um well and like and, and beyond that like from i live in i'm lucky to live in atlanta i'm lucky to know some incredible women of color but also like i studied labor laws and like the fact that, like, you could get fired for your hair looking natural um, yeah. instead of, like, that that was true until Title VII. Like, that's why Title VII came around. Like, that's why someone was able to win a lawsuit because, like, because of race was, like, the argument. Like, you cannot discriminate because of race. But, like, holy crap. Like, it wasn't just that, like... It was frowned upon or treated as ugly or even or talked about as ugly. or even fashionable it was illegal. Yeah. Or even fashionable. Like it's yeah. it's so much beyond that. Like you're um, yeah. the, the same way you and I feel like we don't have our proper armor to enter the workplace if we are not wearing makeup. That is felt ten times over, generally yeah, speaking. There's so many other things. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because because we we have corrupted our sense of what beauty is when it comes to hair and have forced a group of people who have beautiful hair to to you know bend it to fit a certain mold and that sucks and it makes me think about like you know we talk about the pink tax in terms of the fact that women's products cost more than men's products for reasons that like don't make sense but there's also like this time cost to makeup and if you feel that you have to conform, not because you want to, to Western beauty types, and if that requires more than, like, for me, like, fucking, if I just take a shower and blow dry my hair, like, if maybe, like, put a little bit of product in, like, I fit the mold, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hours that it can take, that's, that's a, that's, that's a bigger... We already have a time commitment issue where I have to spend time on something that doesn't objectively matter and affects, like, the amount of hours I have in the day to do things I want to do. That just becomes even bigger. It's 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 a tax on so many levels, is what I'm trying to say. This is a bold statement, but I think it's true. I have never, I have never gone into a job interview and not thought to myself, am I attractive enough to get this job? I suspect most men don't feel that way. You know what I mean? I, I suspect you're correct, Mary. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think a lot exactly of women do feel that. It, and it's just because I think... We know. Yeah. We know the reality. 
and we're socialized to think that of all of all things. Like there are people like I don't really have an issue with going to the grocery store in athleisure wear, um, especially these days that it's all I wear. Um, but now my issue is going to the grocery store, not the athleisure wear that I'm wearing. Now I'm like, you gotta yeah. be like, was it safe? Am I going at the optimal time? Can I, yeah. can I minimize my risk? It's, it's very weird, weird place, weird time in history to be alive. Um, yeah. but, um, the, but there are people who feel like they can't. Am I attractive enough to go to the grocery store is something that if you boil down, women think to themselves often. And that's weird. It's a weird thing to think. Like, of You're course. Of course it is. Of course you are. And also, who cares? You're just buying food. Um, yeah, also, like, what does that even mean to you? Like, can you interrogate that? Anyway. Yeah. But, like, no, I... I I feel like... Yeah, I do, I do that every day. Like, I mean... I do feel like I'm allowed to wear sweatpants now, but I still... I still pulled on not sweatpants to go to the pharmacy, even though it was like, oh, the pharmacist knows what's up. Like they, right. if anyone knows, they know. And I, you know, I still pulled on other pants, but yeah, you know, for sure. Um, the, so, I mean, I think it's just safe to like underline this, like beauty and identity are not linked quite the same way for men as they are for women. Like, yes. like the, the, the trade-offs. Fair statement. The tr- not yeah, the trade-offs and expectations are are just different between um, but between the genders in that way. I'm thinking about this mostly because it's presented in this episode as as pretty like cisgendered based, and and most of my comments about beauty standards also fit that mold. But I yeah. I, I would be interested to see, and I would love to learn more about how um, trans people interact with their beauty standards because it's also there's like another layer on top of it of complexity and then there are massive scales of differences if you can pass or you don't really pass like how how that impacts them and if there's some code switching there no yeah absolutely i do think obviously i'm not going to speak for trans people i am not trans i am a cis woman um if if I'm in a conversation with someone who already knows all the terminology, I might tell them that I feel like I am genderqueer. Sure. Um, but that's not a conversation I have with most people. Just like I just say that I'm a lesbian instead of like going into like the minutia of it, you know, sure. because because it's true enough. It's mostly true. You know, like uh, Go- but, good enough for government work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but I do think that in the queer community, we understand maybe more so than than it's it's more widely accepted that gender is performativity and that um the way as a as a queer woman i am constantly negotiating the way i'm performing my gender for different audiences uh depending on do i want to date you do i want to date you with like certain dynamics do I want you as my coworker to see me as not threatening? Do I want you as an interview subject to see me as like a buddy, like instantly, but also someone who's likable? Like, you know, it's, it, I think it just adds like a, a complicating layer, not that doesn't exist for everyone. Gender's performativity for everyone, but I think as a queer person, you're just more aware of the nuances of it and you, you kind of have to negotiate it every day because it says, it can say so much more about you 
And there are also a lot more complexities that like that are available to everyone, but aren't necessarily intrinsic to the identity of everyone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that a no fair thing to say. No, I think that yeah. is a fair thing to say. Um, yeah. So I can see like, I, and I think that's what I kind of like ham fistedly meant when I was like, there's like complexities on top of that. So you're like, well, no, no, no. so yeah. if I'm performing this gender, then that beauty standard is something I have to worry about versus like yes. this. And, and, and I think also, I mean, to be like, I agree. Absolutely. Gender is performative and, and we do it. I think that most cis people don't, aren't, aren't savvy enough to think about it in those terms. But if it's, yeah. if you're, if you're open and it's pointed out to you, Every, it's sort of like we've, for a long time, the cis community has kind of thought about it as I have different faces or different ways of being depending on where I am. You just don't yep. think about it in terms of how you perform a gender on top of that. But yep. I think that everyone knows if, if it's explained correctly and someone is open minded to it then most people can follow it. Like, you're like, oh, there's the coworkers that I can be, like, stronger with. And then there are the coworkers that I need to be a little bit more like, hey, buddy, to get what I want. That's you yeah. dialing up and down their gender expectations of you. You are, Absol I'm performing different types of my gender, right? Absolutely. And, and I, yeah, and I think a lot of people do that inherently, do it without thinking about it. I mean, everybody I does it. Like, yeah. I, I think, yeah, no, of course. But y'all are uh, savvier to it. Yeah. Savvier to it. And there are just like more layers of it just because sure. there's more there's more on the spectrum that's accessible to you. You've kicked you down know? a wall, right? Like yeah. you've kicked down a wall between the two because you realize that it's all exactly. just constructs. So, so actually. So you have more room to play. Yeah. And also like, but like, okay, the thing that, what, what I'm trying to say is I had a friend uh, who in our first year of college came around and met a bunch of engineering dude bros that I no longer speak to. Um, I would like to go on the record and say that I hated some of those men. Go on. <laughs> anyway, uh, I brought around a friend who uh, had blonde hair that she had completely cut off and uh, didn't wear makeup. And they saw her senior photo where she had long blonde hair and a lot of makeup. And they were like, oh, like, why did you change? Why did you ruin it? You know, like that sort of attitude. Um, and that's why I had to preface that by saying there were some of these men that I hated. Carry on. And when when you are queer, and I'm not saying that this is exclusive to the queer community, it's just more pervasive. Because uh, there are people, there are straight people who, who think that an androgynous chick, there are straight men who think that androgynous chicks are cute. I'm sure that they exist. Um, but in the queer community... There's just a wider spectrum of what your partner might think is attractive. Sure. Like, because you've kicked down the wall, it's also like there are people who will not only be like, cool, they'll be like, yeah, that's awesome. You know? Um, right. Like you might have to dial that. And probably, right, because also all of this is manipulable, you can like dial up that or down that depending on who you want to attract and who you want to blend and how safe you feel and any number of factors. Yeah. How vulnerable can you actually be? Sure. So it's, it's a twilight zone, right? So there's got to be, there's got to be sort of a, the, the trick. I, I, it's usually not like a twist. I, 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 I hesitate to call it a twist, but the, mm -hmm. um, the rub or the, the gotcha moment in twilight zone, but probably gotcha is the best term for it. Um, 
of this story also, I think, is in like poignantly felt um, by women more so than men, which is that it's not like I think if this was a, a man's story, you would get the sense of like struggling against something big and oppressive to you. Like, that's, like, the identity struggle is you, like, bursting forth, right? And this is not like that. This is like a little velvet mouse trap. Everyone's calm. Everything feels soft. Everyone speaks to you nicely. You're you're lured in, and then next thing you know, your neck's snapped. Like, snap! Closes fast. Yep. So it's yep. like, no one no one berates her. Nobody nobody takes her that seriously. They, they dismiss her concerns and laugh and think it's silly. But she's not able to upset anybody with this. No one, no one forces her, quote unquote, to do anything. They just slowly knock down all of her options until she's exactly where they want her. And then they do whatever they want to her, right? They do the yep. thing that they've wanted to do. And that, I think, is a story that feels very familiar to women. <laughs> like, a, a tale as old as time? Yeah. Like, the suppression of women generally is, is um, especially, especially white middle class and above women, is typically sure. done with, with, uh, with a soft touch. And, yeah. and you're, you're, you're basically not, tra- you basically don't feel it until it's too late. Yep. Um, yep. Versus good clarification because you're right. Like it is, it's a privilege to have that kind of oppression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that's the world we live in. That yeah, uh, that there's some kinds of oppression that's a privilege to have because it can get so much worse. On the other side of that, <laughs> on the other side of that, I think that there also women are more expected and people feel more comfortable asking us directly to comply with their wishes. And conform uh, yep. in yep. general. Like, yeah. Um, well, we're one of them. So, like, you know, like, why can't we just be like a little bit more like one of them, you know? Like, or, like, just, I just, know. I just think about like expectations. Like, nobody is asking men to wear pantyhose at work, but people feel totally mm-hmm. comfortable. Or, like, all of like dress code stuff is like a, just a really good example of this. Like, yeah. no one, no one tells a boy, I think your pants are too tight and girls might be looking at your butt or your dick and that's going to be very distracting to them. But everyone feels totally comfortable telling a girl that her leggings are not appropriate. Like, the, the ability yeah. to police and command women to comply to your wishes, especially with how they look, is something that is much more common than with men. I agree. I also cite the fact that I know so many incredibly beautiful, um, polished, well-kempt women who are single, and I know men who basically smell like they never brush their teeth who are married. So. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like when you used to watch those terrible sitcoms where there was always this, like, pretty skinny wife and, like, an overweight. Uh, Kevin baby. James is what you're, the word you're looking for. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 No, again, like, I'm not trying to be pretty, sexist pretty, or something. Pretty like, wife, schlubby dude. Yeah. Schlubby. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, I got criticized for th- for enjoying, um, what is it even called? The Shirley's Theron, Seth Rogen movie because they were like, that's exactly. Oh, the long shot. Pretty woman. Right. I 
don't think it's exactly Shelby Dude, Pretty Woman, because I think Seth Rogen's kind of a smart. Anybody, anybody who thinks Seth Rogen is an is, is an unattra- well, all of these probably these people are like uncommonly beautiful. Whenever you see like an actual celebrity, it's like a unicorn just walked into the room. You're like, whoa! Like it's just so yeah. different. And then, and you know, this is true. You know, this is true because when you see real people shot with like professional photography equipment you're like oh we're monsters all of us yeah. are monsters it's yeah. so shocking and 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 ultimately like this is a conversation that could take forever like we could have like a whole episode just about this but ultimately that shows how like messed up our um reflections of ourselves are in society such that you can't like the fact that we think yeah. mindy it's kalen is fat is crazy <laughs> like that's yeah. crazy i bet if you yeah. met her in person she would be a smaller than average woman i'm sure that she is yeah, that's crazy. Um, also, she's a smoke show, so uh, she doesn't yeah. need to sweat that at all. But, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another part of this that I think is uh, is worth mentioning at this point is that the 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 gut punch also, or the worst or crueler, cruelest part of this, and I think this is felt poignantly by women as well, is that your oppressor insists and actually believes, and in the end, turns out to be right, although at what cost, that they are, have your best interest at heart and that you will be happy if you, if you do what they want you to do, right? Yeah. So we, it's not only that we, the viewer watching this, understands that Marilyn's paranoia initially, even when it, we don't fully understand the situation, we immediately are on her side, I feel like, and we understand that that there is some horrible cost to this that she can sense and we sense it too. Mm-hmm. And after she is Stepford wives or lobotomized after her transformation, it becomes clear that her like her brain is not the same, that her, her identity is not the same. Um, you see yeah. that the people around her were telling her this whole time that this change was so necessary because her personality made her unhappy and now she's happy. So it's a feature, not a bug. Like, the people around her were telling her the entire time that her identity is worth so little compared to her ornamental potential that, yeah. that like, of course, she she has no choice. Of course she must do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- and they do and they do it with a smile, and that's very upsetting. <laughs> and, it's incredibly upsetting. Yeah. So, like, I think I think people you you can kind of see this too, where you know potentially you'll have like um, a boss who's like, well, you got to dress a certain way if you want to get a promotion. You got to act a certain way. You got to learn how to talk a certain way. And eventually, if you're lucky, you will get that promotion. But yep. at what cost? <laughs> right? And then you will be quote unquote happy that it yeah. worked out, but you didn't do it the way that was true to who you were. Marilyn is struggling with this. She talks to her mother about this. She talks to her uncle about this. She talks to her friend about this. And eventually they ladder her up to talking to one of the men who performs this operation, who's named Dr. Rex, who, of course, is still the same man who plays her uncle. Um, but now with a hilarious body tick where he, like, holds his hands like he's an evil scientist. It's amazing. Um, um, and amazing. their voices are different, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. slightly. Slightly. You know. And they have, yeah. and they all wear name tags, which also is, like, dark. <laughs> Anytime you're, like, a name tag, like, in a society where, like, everyone has to wear a name tag all the time, you know well, you're... that's because in- we all look identical. 
And like we pretend yeah. like there are a lot of models, but everybody looks identical. Yep. We see three different faces that are approved in yep. this story. Um so Dr. Rex gives Marilyn a the she she goes to him and asks why this is so necessary. Why is everyone insisting that she do it? Um, and why should she want to? And he gives her this explanation. Years ago, Wisemans and I decided to try and eliminate the reasons for inequality and an injustice in this world of ours. As they saw in the physical unattractiveness one of the factors which made men hate. So they charged the finest scientific minds with the task of eliminating ugliness in mankind. When you see this, it all sounds super nice, but of course it's it's garbage. Let's talk about why it's garbage and why we know it's garbage. <laughs> We've already discussed the fact that we know there are psychology studies that prove that people, humans are kinder to people that they find to be attractive. Mm -hmm. um, but we also know, and I can only speak as a woman who has talked to other women about this. I haven't talked to men about it. Don't at me. Whatever. I just, I'd like to assume it's the same thing. People become more attractive upon getting to know them. That also happens psychologically. Um, and the, I, like, so, so first off, like, the fact that, like, she kind of is calling out this, like, but, like, me being me and, like, to the people who love me, I'm beautiful. Like, I think that that is actually important. And, um, but also, like, they're never going to stop. Like, they, they, like, you can't, like, they can't help but, but tinker with everything and try and, like, they change your brain, too. It's not just about your looks and, like, the idea that, like, sure, at first, you know, we're getting rid of inequality and injustice, but they also find lots of other ways to exert control, so there is still inequality and injustice. Like, they've just moved it from democratized inequality and injustice, like bigots, to their system of fascism. And... And, guys, <clears throat> imperfections, wrinkles, flaws, cracks, they can mark achievements, your age. I don't think at our root, like, I think sometimes we're told that we want to be plastic, and that's why we have filters and make us look plastic, or or they put too much makeup on Brie Larson in a car commercial, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> but, like, we don't want to be. We want to grow and expand, like, other organic matter. I want... I want my body to eventually decay because that's the way objects on this planet are supposed to be. You've also and seen naturally and evolutionarily. You've also seen any vampire movie and know that actually living forever is a curse, not a blessing. Um, yeah. Poor Spike. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> I, I think it's even more fundamental. Although maybe I think that this is my 21st century eyes looking at this and being like, oh, whoa. But maybe, but, you know, I sometimes don't give them enough credit since these people actually do remember World War II. Um, I think the extreme whiteness of the situation and waspiness of the situation is supposed to be a flag that this is a bad situation. That these wise... So I wasn't... Yeah, go ahead. That these wise men got rid of um, injustice and inequality by exterminating people that weren't ideal. And replace them with a very, like, a cartoonishly narrow version of humanity. Yeah, yeah. They try and make it seem like they just changed everyone, but, like... No way. You know, that's a lot more work than uh, they probably thought was worth. I couldn't tell if that was the fact that it was the 1960s and, like... But you're right, the Twilight Zone has... has does not just feature white actors. No. And, yeah. They don't. I was, I, I was using my own, like... 
oh, are they not even like engaging in this? No, you're right. It's there. It's well, and also text. and also death of the author. Like, I, I mean, like, I think it would be impossible to watch it now and not see that. So therefore, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think we're meant to see that these men shaped humanity to their preferences instead of extending their preferences to hum- expanding their preferences to humanity, which. Yeah. Is what Nazism is, <laughs> like right? Yep. Like deciding that there are there is a master there is a master race of people, and that everyone who doesn't look like that is ugly and bad and needs to be gotten rid of. Like, uh-huh. I, I mean, this is the this is the whole kind of art. I mean, like the, this is the same argument that a- assholes who think that we, like the races should just not mix put forth where they're like well if everyone looks the same then there is no more racism and you're like yeah but you used a lot of racism to get there and also what no yeah like we yeah. are so much a poorer culture if we don't if we that's so that, that is it's unpatriotic the entire point is that we are a a a blending of cultures and people from all over the world and we're supposed to welcome everyone uh, give me your tired, your poor. We're supposed to welcome everyone here and allow tired, them. Tired, your poor, your hungry, yearning to breathe free. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, your huddled masses. I don't know when that stopped being the way people thought well, about I, patriotism, but that I is what it is. I think the problem. Okay, so here's 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 the bummer. Here's the rub. Death of the author. That's what the America is. But if you look at the authors, they were white supremacists. The problem is when you build a foundation on white supremacy, it doesn't matter what you say and what you outlaw. You're still perpetuating white supremacy, which is why we need radical change. Bring the revolution. I'm kidding. Um, well, no, no, I'm not. I mean, yeah. Anyway, let's not hope that things get back to normal. Let's think. Let's hope that things get better. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, exactly. Um, exactly. Also, I don't want like a bloody revolution or something. No. I just, you know, like like I but we could also change and evolve because yeah that's the again death of the author and and i like to remember the best of the founding fathers but at the end of the day slave owning white supremacists yes they were they absolutely were they also um also like you know money like capitalism means that money money talks and your human rights apparently walk very far away from you um yeah (laughs) right like and that's and that's a that's a feature, not a bug. Like, yep. That's why it was only the land holding white men who could vote initially. Like, yeah, we've changed that law, but like money still is the power holder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, look at Biden's ascension into power. I'll I Jesus. put it yeah. to you. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the other the other final sign that this is not. That, that these wise men were not completely thinking altruistically about um, men and women living in perfect harmony and the the greater good is that they didn't stop by just changing their bodies. The body change, yep. we, we get it hinted at because uh, Marilyn's father had a breakdown and unfortunately committed suicide, right? We know that, that is, that's in the text after he was transformed. Yeah, that's textual. Yep. Um, they... We know that this change to the body is actually quite harmful to human psyche. So instead of deciding that that tactic didn't work and trying something else that would help, they just decided they would tinker with the mind, too. Um, Mm -hmm. You have Dr. Rex talking about how, like, sometimes people would rebel against this change, but now they've made certain adjustments, a.k.a., I think, lobotomizing people um, to help it go down easier. 
I think yeah. I think this also suggests I think a fairly um, strong and surprisingly subversive, especially for this time, uh, statement about the fact that if you police the way people look and you insist on um, race, racial uh, hegemony, that that is against the law of nature. But like there is something intrinsic to human beings that rebel against that, that we that is in our like reptilian brain that we do not accept that and that our spirits will rebel and you have and that if you want to continue that, you basically have to scoop them out. That's crazy. Like yeah. that is that is very subversive and strong and I like it. <laughs> I take I it. I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take one of those, please. Yeah, like yeah, not no, only is this a law against like civil human rights, this is a law against like the law of the jungle, of nature, of the way that it is to be alive, to be a organism that is living and breathing on this planet. That's cool. That's a cool statement. Yeah, no, it is cool. And it, and it's what I was referring to when I was saying like they they can't stop tweaking. Like it doesn't stop with like your body. Like once you get that kind of control, it might not even even started out as like being the. Well, I mean, it didn't. Like, but 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 they improved the process, and by that they meant. I mean, once you get some control over someone's life, once you give up some of your freedoms, okay. <clears throat> right, and if you make and if you make it seem like it's an attractive enough deal, you don't even have to. Like there there are no soldiers in this. No one, no one, no one, like, you know, frog marches Marilyn into the surgery studio. She's basically no. just gently peer pressured by everyone yep. around her until all of her options are gone and she's alone and vulnerable and then they get her. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that that's like the really like the, the story you see there. Um, and we see too, although I think it's sort of, I, I don't know, I, now that now that we're seeing like literally the rise of Nazism again, um, I've sort of changed. Yeah. I've sort of changed my opinion, and I think that this this story fits well with that, which is that fascism is not so much about like charismatic leaders who talk you into something. It's people very bluntly selling you a vision of a lifestyle that you desperately want in a selfish and greedy way and then justifying it by saying that it's right and good and morally correct but it is right and that's isn't it it, mary (laughs) oh god um why is it so terribly beautiful after all isn't everyone Mm. um yeah but like i think it's it's about like attractively packaging what it means to be a human it's it's not it's inhuman not to be this beautiful it's inhuman to feel things and then but but actually now you're just the foot soldiers of your oppressors right yep the 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 specter above so this is called twilight zone then and the then of this episode is 1964 and it's set hilariously in the year 2000 um what do we see about this story? So, I, I mean, like, we talked about this a little bit at the top where um, Twilight Zone, we feel like, is, and, and many people agree, this is not a unique perspective, that Twilight Zone was kind of refreshingly subversive for its time and even sometimes remains subversive now, uh, often, I would yeah. say, since it, it mostly deals with sort of, like, um, the golden rules almost of subversion, which are like, hey, it's wrong to be racist and things like that. There's so many episodes of Twilight Zone that are just like, hey, don't be a racist. 
You're a real jerk if you're a racist, which I love. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, and, it's great. And still important somehow. Um, <laughs> somehow, somehow we still need to talk about this sort of stuff. Um, what do we think has aged well? What do we think hasn't aged well about this particular episode? So I think that, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, we have talked about all the ways in which uh, people are still, like, beholden to beauty standards, etc. But I do think that there is more, there is a broader definition of beauty today that is a little bit more inclusive. There's less of a need to look identical. Like, there's less of a, like, go to bed with your makeup on kind of pressure. Right. Um, and so, like, some of that feels a little bit dated because, like, I don't think anyone would ever want to look identical or the same. They would just want to... Uh, they would, they would, they'd just like to, their hair to be done or like to be skinnier or like maybe their nose to be slightly different. All things that like you can literally get done. Well, mostly. Um, anyway, uh, so that stuff is like not as scary, doesn't feel as relevant, but the overall conversation is still relevant. The overall forms of control and, uh, and, and forcing people to, uh, conform, Really, though, I think that the stuff that, like, is more relevant today is is the stuff that comes at the very end. The fact that, like, and, and that you know is coming because there's something off about these people is, like, the idea of, like, of controlling their minds. It makes me think of, uh, of Get Out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was surprised just by how um, fresh and still incredibly subversive the idea of a woman flatly, loudly, and to anyone who will listen, rejecting a chance for great beauty in favor of her identity, how transgressive that actually felt. I was surprised. Like, we pay a lot of lip service to this, but I think that a lot of people, a lot of people don't feel attractive enough for things often and Mm -hmm. the idea that someone could say yeah i know that you don't think i'm beautiful but i don't care because i'm me is actually still fairly no transgressive like you're absolutely right like that's not something that we even do really now now it's we almost and, and i think it's like and maybe we'll get to this point or maybe that is just too extreme for like I think that, social animals in general to do regularly, but now we're sort well, of like beauty encompasses more things, and and that's all great. Well, yeah, that's all great. Well, I, th- I I just think that that's more. I think that's more realistic. I think what you're saying, like you know, you're right. Like it is subversive to have someone be like, I I want to be what you consider to be ugly because it's me, and I think that instead, what has happened evolutionarily and what has happened since the '60s, which makes that maybe a little bit dated, is that. We ha- we're trying to tell people that like beauty is literally in the eye of the beholder, you know that like that lots of things are beautiful. That that your internalized biases do not mean that someone isn't beautiful. Um, so it's not that like I want to be ugly. It's that I think you're wrong. I think I'm pretty. Would be more. Mm-hmm. That would feel subversive and powerful in a way that, like, that, like, this felt dated to me. Does that make sense? Oh, that's like, interesting. Please. To me, I felt like what we're trying to do is still good, but we still give a lot of power to the concept of beauty, 
which generally men don't feel beholden to. Instead, we're like, I feel pretty and that's all that matters versus saying, I don't actually care about the concept of beauty so much because I like the human that I am. Like that, yeah. that is a, that is a much bolder statement in my yeah. estimation and for a woman to I, make because we, st- I think that that would be, I'm, I'm not sure that that was exactly what I don't know that I was, I don't know that I thought of that as being what Marilyn was saying. And maybe that's my own fault. I mean, I um, think that she says, I think she says that she thinks she looks fine, but like, yeah, she definitely, she definitely knows that everyone else thinks she's ugly. And she basically is kind of like, maybe beauty's not that important in this society. It would be, it's sort of like if you decided that you weren't going to care about money, right? Like it's that, it's like in this society, that is that transgressive. And I was surprised by how transgressive it felt even through my eyes now in the 21st century. Um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, I also think that, um, and and then there's also kind of a couple funny things, like the the idea of like divorce being a sign of moral decay. We don't think we don't see divorce and remarriage as like a sign that someone is not capable of deep love, but that definitely is what they're trying to imply there, you know. Or promiscuity is a sign that people don't don't have deep love. We we don't believe that anymore. Like that's not a thing. the The outfitting, like the weird. Wearing like uh, body suit leotards. Oh yeah, like, the, the, their future clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty hilarious just because like it's not the fact that it lacks modesty. It's that that shit is uncomfortable when it cuts like right into you. There, all right. Like, yeah, they were definitely wrong about that. Like, turns out actually yeah. everyone wants to be more comfortable all the time. Although we still get policed on that, aka women yeah. not being allowed to wear leggings to school, which is crazy. Um, yeah. I also think that there's something generational there that, like, has a lasting impact. But, like, I think back to, like, my grandfather who would come home from work in, like, essentially a suit and change into his Mr. Rogers outfit because he was also, like, Mr. Rogers, you know, and, like, put on his comfortable clothes. But his comfortable clothes and my parents' comfortable clothes were not what our comfortable clothes are. Like, I know. Our, our generation. Bands our generation basically comes home and, like, immediately gets in our jams. Like, we yeah. immediately put on our PJs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if not our PJs, then we have a whole other wardrobe that we now call athleisure, which is just... Which is just hey, PJs. <laughs> don't you want to be cozy? Yeah. Don't you want to be cozy, but it looks less like sleepwear and more like, maybe you're going to work out, but you're not. <laughs> you could spring into action at any moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I There's an actually a great episode of... It's on Netflix. It's called Explained um, that deals with um, athleisure wear, and I would recommend it highly to watch do they talk about that psychological trend or yeah they talk about about they they talk about uh the history of sportswear and how um and how like the history of fashion moves more and more towards uh the ability to move and feel comfort in movement versus restriction and the they cite this fascinating study where they um they asked uh, people who worked in like very expensive boutiques and uh, designer like clothing showrooms um, to mm-hmm. look at two pictures and decide which 
which person was going to spend more money. And one was a woman in a fur coat and one was a woman in a hoodie and a pair of leggings. And overwhelmingly, they identified the woman in the hoodie and the pair of leggings as the rich woman. So it's sort of a it, it connects. Hilarious. It's very funny. It connects this concept that if you have the ability to have leisure and, and, and participate in sports or work out, that that is a sign of affluence. And that is why we now think athleisure wear like like well looking polished get to wear it workout yeah. clothes to us seem like a luxury and like we why we like it even though we're basically yep. just wearing pajamas that happen to be black um yeah. <laughs> or you're going to target and getting like you know something that looks vaguely like it's in style with that and being like ooh yay i i look stylish and I'm comfortable. I'll be I'll be real with you. I am consistently, and this is a horrible thing to say because I know it is not. It's still fast fashion, and it's like terrible. And I under, I, yeah. I get it. Uh, I am consistently impressed with Old Navy's athleisure wear. Very good stuff. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Mm. They have good leggings. Um, yeah. and sports bras. To be honest with you, um, mm. to be totally legit with you, they do. Um. We already talked a little bit about, like, the other thing I have here is the mood-altering drugs, but I think we, like, covered that. I, I think we yeah, can yeah. come, like, kind of seamlessly go into this, like, the, the last point yep. here, which I mostly just want to talk about, like, Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah. So we, we you talked about how the people now, we have, like, a, a wider vocabulary for what beauty is, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with... Love that way of stating it. Right? And I think that that has, like, a lot to do with... Uh, information and the internet right like we now can see more yeah. people and exactly i think that our it's surprising how much it's just that we are limited in our imagination honestly right um well if you can't yeah. see it you can't be it so yeah. if you don't see people who look like you you don't recognize it as a good way to be and look right yep yep um but uh but it's sort of funny because instagram is sort of, is sort of this like incredibly um, incredible double-edged sword because on the one hand it allows people to show themselves and kind of like frees us from the limitations of our immediate area or our perceptions of other people and ourselves by showing us that there are that there are lots of ways to look and that people in general are quite beautiful right yeah and, I agree and it's sort of funny I I'm of an age where I remember, and I and like like most people probably listening to the show, I remember when the concept of photo, like when when Tina Fey was like weighing in on whether or not getting yourself photoshopped for like the cover of Vogue was feminist or not. I don't mm-hmm. think we talk about that anymore because everybody has edited some version of editing software now. Yeah. Yeah. So we just mm-hmm. democratized it, so now we don't care as much, which I which I think is right, because I think it was kind of silly to be like, now, Tina Fey, um, you maintain an, a, a very hard-to-achieve standard of beauty because you are a famous person. Now, would you tell me that if it's, if you, if someone's going to help you out by making you look even more beautiful on the cover of Vogue, is that okay? She's like, yeah. 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 I'm obviously on a crazy diet and I have to work out. Yes, this is my job. Part of my job is yeah. looking beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously it's fine. Um, yeah. But at the same time, 
So I like that, like, and of course I follow lots of, like, body activist accounts and, like, all of those things. Yeah. I think... Body positivity. And, yeah. Like, yeah. I think kind of, like, free my mind to think of myself as beautiful and think of more... A wider spectrum of humanity as beautiful. Just inherently. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, we also have... It's also this, like, horrible mirror into into what we think is a life well lived and consistently we show the people who use it like consistent studies show that Instagram is potentially the most like psychologically damaging of all social media because you feel kind of like endless FOMO and um, uh, like like your life yeah your life is not measuring up to those of your peers so it's kind of a strange it's a strange space I would say you know, it's it's funny because, like, I know that that exists. I just, I don't feel that way on it. Uh, just, just, that's all I'm going to say about that is that I think I've, I've curated my timeline to pretty much be, uh, and even my suggestions on Instagram have gotten more specific and honestly almost in a way that I hate. And it's like, what? Photos of the new Albert Generation Q cast? Yeah, I do want to look at that. You're like, you're like, oh no, they know me. Yeah, they, they know me. They know I like to look at lesbians all the time. And when I'm not looking at lesbians, I'm like, I'm looking at my friends' pictures of their dogs. You know what I mean? Like, um, but that's because I use features like muting and like I follow design blogs and like I follow I use it for like niche lesbian accounts so like I think that there are some good you know there's obviously good there um that's not like me saying like it's not damaging or that you were saying that there's no good there I'm just saying like for me uh I I it's a platform I actually I enjoy even though I think it's funny it's associated with vanity because inadequacy sucks but part of the inadequacy comes from the idea that if you try to look nice or if you take too many photos of yourself, you're suddenly vain ah, and yes. self-absorbed. And this double-edged sword that officially that definitely goes towards women and reminds me of I've 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 it's not a new concept, it's something I've definitely heard and read before, but the most recent example that I can think of is in um the goop episode we mentioned at our bumper for Sky High. Uh The Pleasure is on ours. Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Episode where they talk three. About how like yeah. yeah. Where they talk about like we're valued by our looks. We're told that all the time, women in particular. That like a lot of our value comes from looks, and even if we're not told that as literally today as our foremothers were, it is still seeped deep in our in our psychology. And how we're socialized, um, yeah. And how we're socialized. And the moment the woman turns the camera on to herself, she's like a villain. Yeah. Even though, like, we've been depicting female beauty for forever because women are beautiful. Like, that is a thing. Like, the female body's beautiful. Um, yeah. You know, uh, nice curves, not hard edges, whatever. Uh, we all got our things. Um, But it's sort of weird that our beauty has been commodified, whereas male beauty is can be more private. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, absolutely. There isn't really... No one's using naked men to sell beer. Absolutely. Part of the allure of Instagram, too, is to see the way that other people are living and then try to, like, emulate or 
you know, incorporate that into yourself. And that is the one space where I see that this is kind of right. Even if we're not all trying to look the same, we do have sort of this like monkey see, monkey do kind of attitude and platforms like this help, like where you see um, where you see like vacation destinations become huge once photos, once there is sort of like a prototypical Instagram photo of it, even if it's a place that generally doesn't hold much more appeal for tourists. Like people, people genuinely go on vacation so that they can take pictures for Instagram. That's wild. That's a wild thing. Um, I don't necessarily yeah. do it. But I do know that people do it, and I do know that it works on me. When I see photos, I'm like, ooh, I'd love to go there. I think that to myself, you know? And that's not... Oh, for sure. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but I do think it's a... It's operating on a similar, like, conformity, like, ooh, that's attractive. I, I, I want a piece of that for myself kind of, kind of uh, feeling. So I, I see that reflected in this episode a little bit as well. Did you like this episode? What do you think? I did. I really liked this episode. I had a good ass time with it. Um, I think that there are so many tiny quote like quotes in there, tiny moments, uh, just the richness of the world building in such a tiny amount of time. The economy I, of I space was, of this episode the, is fabulous. Yeah, the economy of storytelling is incredible, and uh, and yeah, I would definitely recommend this episode. Like. Do I think it's 100% relevant on every level? No. Yeah. Do I think it's still valuable? Fuck yeah. And it's fun and good and on Hulu and easy and 20 minutes. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely worth your time now. Also, it's kind of delightfully about um, a dystopia, which is not, which is very dissimilar to the dystopia we currently live in. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't hit too close to home at all. Yeah. So, like, you can just, like, vacation in a different <laughs> different dystopia um, as opposed to the current situation. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for Twilight Zone. Um, and thank you for listening, as always. Uh, as always, please uh, subscribe rate and review us if you have uh apple podcasts uh we're on apple podcast stitcher spotify um wherever you find uh your podcaster of choice and you can always find us on social media at space underscore bras on instagram and on twitter and on facebook if that is still a thing that exists in this you know, world post pan post pan. Uh, we'll see. And we're not gonna uh, get rid of the zuck that easily. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And check out our website, outrageousmechanisms.com/space-bras. Join us next time while we deconstruct the new Twilight Zone under Jordan Peele. And now, join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of space bras. In these troubled times, and they have rarely felt. <laughs> More troubled <laughs> yeah. in our lifetime than they do right now. Mm -hmm. um, we always remember that even though everyone else might suck, especially a lot of politicians right now, mm -hmm. we are awesome and the galaxy is ours. Sure are. Cheers! Cheers. Outrageous.